Welcome to the Executive Central Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby, and today we're looking at influencing change. Last time we were looking at how you need to manage and lead change, but what about influencing other people to drive change too? You can't do it all by yourself. That's today on the Executive Central Podcast. And Rob Barmer is with me again, Managing Director at Executive Central. Now, Rob, we made the point last time that change should always be happening in an organization. Nothing stands still. It's the way to ruin a good company, in fact, is uh, to not keep moving and changing. But there's a subtle difference, isn't there, between leading change and influencing change. A leader, if you're leading change, will say, look, this is the way we're going. An influencer wants to ensure that he or she takes people with them and actually make sure that they want to follow you. Yeah, that's exactly right, Phil. It's This is a subtle difference. Um but I, I think, and, and you know, we we did spend a lot of time talking about change and saying that change was so is such a constant. But I, I would say, um, you know, in that in that thinking about what is leadership, we we did say that it's really about leading from something to something else, which is why the change element, as we said, was so important. But if you think about before we get into the process of actually managing the change process. Uh, the, a key skill of leaders is the ability to sort of sell the value of a change, mm. right? Now, now, a lot of people don't like the word sell because, you know, you sort of think in your mind, oh, Yeah, I'm all not. the word change. Yeah. They, not, on both counts, probably. I mean, people, if they had the choice, they'd yeah. sit there doing the same thing day in, day out. Uh, and, uh, you know, because change is disruptive. And as you say, uh, selling imp- implies something's being foisted on you. Well, exactly. You know, it's an interesting thing. We do a lot of work in our organisation um, with, uh, with clients around professional business development, you know, and selling sort of stuff. And one of the first things I do is, I kind of get people to do a bit of a word association exercise and our listeners might like to think of this. If I, if I asked you, what are the first words that jump into your mind when I say the word salesman, right? Shiny (laughs) suit. Okay. Excellent. (laughs) And and usually in an audience, uh, you know, there will be everything from, you know, pushy and pressure and through to, you know, lying, cheating, so-and-so, you know, (laughs) um, they, get, a, they get a hard rap, don't they, salespeople? Well, well, they do, and and it's interesting. It's funny how used cars seem to always get some sort of a mention <laughs> as well. So, I, I you know, but it's this. I, I suppose it's this impression that selling, if you like, is all about you know gift of the gab and selling ice to Eskimos, which implies I can sell you something that you clearly don't need, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, it, it's this. It's that's. It's the um, impression that. A salesperson is trying to manipulate you. Do you now, think? Do you think? On. Do you think that's yeah. changing though? Because I mean, because you know, young people now are selling themselves. Uh, you know, not literally, but selling. You know, selling their personalities online. They, you know, they, it's it's all about putting yourself forward, isn't it? That's that's salesmanship, isn't it? Uh, well, yes, it is, and it's part of what salesmanship is all about. And and if I bring it back to the broader topic of influence, it's part because influence is is very closely related to selling. Um, selling is actually influencing. What are yep. we doing? We're trying to influence a client or a potential client to to change from their current state of not using us or our product mm-hmm. through to changing uh, to using us and our product, right? So that's a change. You're actually influencing change. So selling is just a particular application of this, you know, influencing change. But to your point, I, I, I still see whether it's young people or whether it is, you know, professional, you know, salespeople, 
Um, probably the biggest mistake, I, my observation, and I don't mean to sound arrogant in saying that, but you, the, 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 the common trap, if you like, it, that I see people making is that they are very good at spruiking or pitching what it is they're trying to sell, pitching their product or service. Yeah. So the, the without saying why, is, without saying why do you need this? Well, yeah. Well, exactly. You yeah. Come, come. Let me tell you about this new shiny thing that I've got and all the great features and functions of it. Um, but people are sitting there going, "Well, blah 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 blah." That's all interesting, but yeah. I, I don't really need that. Right? right now, if you take it back to our last topic, change is exactly the same. Right? People spend all the time, as we said in the last conversation focusing on the new thing, the new change, what we're moving to. Isn't it going to be great when we have this new system, blah, blah, blah. People are going, yeah, 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 yeah. Heard all that. I don't, but, but you know, why do I need this? Yeah. Why do we need to do that? So real core skill in influence is that you've got to build the case for, uh, you know, why we would change to what I'm suggesting. And the way, I, you know, again, in my simple way of thinking about things, I reckon whenever anyone is considering whether a change is worthwhile, they are weighing up the value that they'll get from that change against the cost. Yeah. Right? Now, that sounds, of course, you know, sort of overly simplified. But the truth is we all have this scale going on in our head where we're constantly weighing up the value of something versus the cost. Now, I should just say here, when I say the cost, I don't mean just the dollars, although that's one type of cost. You know, there are a whole bunch of other costs <laughs> that are associated. Um, how much time is this going to take? Yeah. Uh, you know, what's the hassle involved? And, um, you know, what what is the impact this is going to have on me from the point of view of effort that I'm going to have to put in? All that sort of stuff is is really being weighed up. So we've got to get in our minds as leaders, we, you know, we've got to get that scale oriented towards the value. You know, if the value outweighs the cost, people will buy it. You know, people will agree and, and buy into it. If the costs in their minds outweigh the value, then they're not going to buy. You know, simple as that. So you're saying that, you know, this, that we should be applying this as if we're, if we're good managers, we want to influence people. We should be applying the same logic that we use for selling products and advertising products. We should be using that whenever we're engaging anyone when, you know, we're talking about change. Yes. So it's, it's the, it's, it's the what's in it for you scenario. And you're saying, well, it's a mix of, you know, well, logically, this is what's in it for you. Yes. But, but also we've got, I've got to tap into your emotion as well, which means I've got to understand what motivates you. Absolutely. So, so you know, you've you've almost touching on both of the core elements there. You know, if you if you think about logical and emotional value, well, for logical value, there's lots of things that can make up logical value. But if you wanted a, a quick, you know, a, a shortcut or a golden rule, if you like, for logical value, I would say that as that the the stakeholder must connect with the problem before they will ever connect with the solution. Mm. Right? And I mean, connecting with a problem doesn't just mean acknowledging there is a problem. They're actually connecting it in that they can feel the consequences. They understand the consequences of not addressing that problem. Right. Right. And until they do that, they will not be interested in whatever your solution is, whatever it is you're, you're proposing. Um, now, there, there's a, a bunch of ways. Obviously, in the sales world, people are, are trained on how do you question to identify what those needs are and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, a lot of the time people will just you know forget to do the whole define the problem piece and get the get the stakeholder engaged with the problem and go straight to telling them about the solution 
and they're just not even listening, right? So it's it's not even there, as we've said. I wonder how that, often – it does make perfect sense, and I wonder how often, in fact, someone will highlight a problem that they see with their job within the organisation, which is actually sort of a uh, an element of what is a bigger problem that you're trying to fix. And you've got to sort of like take that bigger problem and say, hey, look, do you know how you have a problem with this? Uh, the reason why you have a problem with that, this is because, um, people aren't interested in our product anymore, or we, or we've, we've, uh, we've got a competitor who's doing this better than us, or whatever, it, whatever the big picture that you're trying to change is, you know, they're, yes. they're probably seeing it already in an aspect of their work. And if you're the smart manager, you'll be trying to try and link the two because they've already identified that they see a problem within the organization. They just haven't figured out it's part of something that's trying to be fixed. Exactly right. I couldn't agree more. And in fact, if you think about this, this concept of influencing change in in everyday work environments, um, you know, managers who are who are giving performance conversations, you know, having performance discussions or coaching conversations with their staff are often trying to influence change. You know, they're trying to change the behavior of the the staff member from this to this. Well, to do that, what you've got to do is you've got to connect that staff member with the problem or the consequences of not addressing the problem before they're ever going to engage in, you know, doing what you're suggesting. So so this, you know, and by the way, let me turn that around. As you were sort of saying there, lots of employees identify issues in their organisation and identify solutions. You know, they'll come up with ideas, they'll come up with better ways of doing things but where they fall over is they'll often fall into that trap of turning up to a management team meeting and saying, let me tell you what, you know, this new, this new approach that I think we should take. And they'll talk all about the solution. Um, and, and meantime, everyone's going, yeah, but well, that's all interesting, but what, are, what's the problem? Yeah. I don't see the need for us to do anything. So this ability to get people to connect to the problem first, before I talk about the solution is a critical leadership skill um, because leadership is all about change, as we've said. But I would say it's often one that, you know, um, people, when I say it like this, kind of go, oh, yeah, that, of course, that makes sense. But when you analyse what most people spend their time doing, they're not doing that at all. Yeah, They're focusing on pitching, pitching the new thing. But the thing is, and uh, I'm sure, you know, even, you know, people who have this right, the, the right intention and they understand this, you know, your, 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 uh, your equation that the value proposition, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was basically, it was the, uh, it was the tangible benefits, wasn't it really? Versus yeah, the log- versus- logical, logical value multiplied but, by emotional. Right. right. Okay. So that yeah. sounds like it, to do that, you really need to understand the person that you're talking to yes. very well. And that sounds very time-consuming. I'm just wondering how many managers yeah. actually have the time to do yeah. that. Well, look, the, the issue is, uh, yes, it does take time to do those sorts of things. And, in fact, you've, you've pointed at the core thing about emotional value is that people will feel emotional value if they feel the focus is on them and mm. their needs, not you and yours, right? So, mm. so things like understanding, you know, where the other person's coming from and, you know, how they like to do things and what's going on in their world. And, you know, that's all about them and their story and their needs, not jumping in and saying, I think this. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm there pitching you my solution, I'm actually focused on me, right? <laughs> what, I, what I think. But yes, to, to your question, that does take time, Phil. But what I would say is it actually buys you a hell of a lot of time back at the end from having people more on board, mm. right? So, so people think it's just quicker to tell people, look, this is what we're going to do, off we go. But the time 
that takes is in the much slower buy-in and implementation of what you're trying to do. Uh, so I would say invest a bit more time up front getting, getting focused and connected with the person um, and, and you'll find the efficiencies come in at the end in droves. Can I suggest this is a massive turnaround for, for a lot of managers? You're talking about completely reversing their, their direction of management style in many cases. Well, it's a challenge. Let's, let's, let's say that. <laughs> yeah. You're right. This is a change. And I guess I'm here trying to influence a change. And we are, Phil. Mm. You and I are both trying to do it. But I, I think to do that, um, yeah, maybe rather than saying a massive change, it's really a reordering of what they're doing. So I think a lot of people probably do most of the things that we're talking about. So, for example, they will, uh, you know, spend time identifying the problem and, you know, researching what's going on. But, you know, they so they get themselves very quickly to the point of realising, hey, we need to change something here. And then they go on and develop a solution. Mm. The problem is they don't take other people's on that same journey. So, you know... Yeah, and that's my point. That's, that's the bit that change, takes the change. Because they'll say, it well, it's, it's very easy. We can see what the value proposition is for people as a whole, either within the organisation or outside the organisation, and we'll treat everybody as though they're the same. The time is actually saying, well, everyone is very different. We need to understand all of those uh, uh, yeah. differences for that emotional connection that you've been talking about. And, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I think that is the big change for a lot of managers. Yes, well, you know, that links into other topics that we've talked about, uh, Phil, around diversity and inclusion, for example. Mm. You know, diversity and inclusion, by definition, is difference, as we've said. And mm. if you fail to recognise that diversity, and in, in this case, I'm trying to influence change. Well, I'm trying to influence change op- probably with quite a diverse group of people who are very different from each other. If I fail to actually recognise that and at least consider how I'm going to try and uh, you know, factor that into my change process, I'm, I'm really making it very hard for myself. And again, that's why a lot of change initiatives fail to really get up and get bought into properly. Uh, we haven't thought about that emotional part, you yeah. know, the, the way we need to get this done for other people. So, yes, Phil, it is a change. It is, it is something that I think needs to be done a lot better than often it is. But when it is, the value is so so you know much worth it. Well, we, so we need to change the way we change. Uh, well, you've sold me uh, as always. Uh, great to talk. We'll catch you again very soon. Good on you, Phil. Thanks so much, mate. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And that is it for this edition of the Executive Central podcast. Hopefully, you've picked up something useful out of all of that, and you'll be back for more. We'll be back for more very soon with Rob Barmer for Executive Central. I'm Phil Dobby. Thanks for listening. 